one and all, and welcome to episode 98 of Near Perfect Pitch. Well, you're probably sick of me saying this, but we've got another belter for you today. This is a treat and a half. Ladies and gentlemen, later on the programme, I will be talking to the inimitable Tim Booth of James. And uh, this programme is brought to you by Tim, James and the Milk Chocolate Digestive, as well as Stella Rosa, the Stroopwaffel and Fade Away and Radiate. Going to be talking to Stella later on the programme about her projects under the guise of Fade Away and Radiate, a new wonderful compilation that she is responsible for. We're going to get uh, into that quite uh, quite heartily come the end of the programme and talk more about that. Crikey, Nora. I tell you, new release-wise, more treats galore for you lot. I'll start off by saying that uh, we've got new material by Tellyman, the brand new single by BED, a project by Baxter Jury, Etienne de Crecy and Delilah Holiday. There is a new song by All Day Dogs Breakfast, actually a brand new LP, we'll play a new song off that. The fourth and brand new single by Margot is uh, lined up for you, in as much as a brand new track by uh, T.B. Smith off his 10th uh, solo LP out this week. What else new we got? Oh, oh, great, Alpaca Sports. New stuff from them, from their new LP, from Paris, with love. Also new material by Shadow Party, The Beths and first aid kit amongst a load of James, uh, a load of stuff from Fade Away and Radiate through Stella Rosa. We've got the usual features, Essential Wax this week, which is Closed Lobsters, Obligatory Fall, oh, Tinterweb Time, The Weekly Peel, and Cover Me. Ain't that nice? Going to kick things off this week quite nicely with some flowered up. <laughs> Big French one. 
The magnificent Tame Impala, and that's a tune off their second LP entitled Lonerism, which came out in 2012. And uh, nothing that has happened so far has been anything we could control, is the name of that song. So we've gone from Psychedelia from the Antipodes to uh, some Baggy with the first track, Flowered Up with It's On from 1990 on Heavenly Records. That's their first single ever, ever, ever. And they're the most baggy band to not come from the north of England. So there. Next up, we're going to return to uh, the brand new and debut LP by Auckland's The Beths. The LP is called Future Me Hates Me. Here's a song called Not Running.
As originally done by Daniel Johnson in 1990. That's Speeding Motorcycle, as done by the Pastels. And uh, he's the lo-fi king, is Daniel Johnson. And uh, on his version from 1990, he was aided considerably by the might of Hoboken, New Jersey's Yola Tengo. Speeding Motorcycle, that's this week's Cover Me. Again, the original done by Daniel Johnston. Beautiful stuff, and that's uh, the Pastels having a good dig at it. And before that, from Auckland, we heard another track off the fantastic debut record by the Beths, Not Running. Four songs in. Next up, we're going to go to Sweden for something new off uh, the brand spanking new LP by uh, Andreas Jonsson's Alpaca Sports from Paris with Love. Here's a tune that should make you weep somewhat. Saddest Girl 
in the world.
the airfield. Walk back two, three, and four. Stop for a rest. Go back to scratch. The airfield. Hot clap. Go back down. Scratch around the floor. Take hot clap and put in jail. The airfield. Cover up with jail frame. Take two times for oh, 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 one. UV gone back. Go back to the floor. Scratch around. Five, six, supplied. The airfield. Bend right back. Form a box line. Sidecar. The airfield. Twenty times steps back. Fresno. Get hot clamp. Turn to bomb door. Retriever. Jail frail. in the jar, then check the clamp on the jar and take six steps back. Very sage advice. That is the aphid. That is this week's obligatory fall oh, off their 17th LP Cerebral Caustic from 1995. Again, the aphid, our obligatory fall oh, track this week, preceded by the wonderful Alpaca Sports, saddest girl in the world. Hard to cry when it's that upbeat, isn't it, really? Um, from their brand new, from Paris with love, alpacasports.bandcamp.com. And to get this particular release, go to elephantrecords.bandcamp.com. And that is elephant with an F as opposed to a PH. Wonderful label they are. Right. I did forget to mention, actually, that um, the third song that we played by uh, New Zealand's The Beths, do get that record, of course, but get it here, thebethsnz.bandcamp.com. Up to date now, let's go uh, to London now and hear their fourth single. And I'm talking about Margot specifically. Everyone a gem. Four singles to date. Each and every one of them are superb, including this one, their brand new one, Imagined Man.
celebrating the 20th anniversary of the Beta Bands, the three EPs. Yes, the release that compiled their first three EPs that were very hard to get hold of first time round. Um, the first EP came out in 97 called Champion Versions, which uh, this particular song was pulled from. We just heard, incidentally, Dogs Got a Bone. Second EP was the Patty Patty sound that came out uh, in 98, followed by Los Amigos del Pita bandidos in 1998 so uh, they compiled that nicely and uh, it's now been remastered and it is gorgeous and it was uh, released again just a handful of days ago and that's a reminder as the might of the beta band and mr steve mason who incidentally announced today he's got a new solo record coming out and uh, i've just uh, pledged and uh, paid for my copy so uh, i'll try and get that url later if i can think to to go on uh, the keyboard and do some research right so we heard the beta band and uh, dog's got a bone before that margot from london with their fourth single, Imagined Man. Now it's time to hear something from another band from London. This time it's Tellyman. But before I do, I wanted to let you know I got rather excited actually because I forgot to tell you about a new release that I can't believe I overlooked. The Chills. My goodness me. New Chills album released this week. Snowbound. Going to be hearing something off that. That's some fire records. I'll give you the appropriate URLs in case that you live in a cave. Um, and um, you can look forward to, I think, before the end of the programme. This is fairly safe, I think. Don't quote me. Uh, new single by BED, or debut single by BED. Some, uh, some Shriek Back. We've got uh, All Day Dogs Breakfast. Uh, some Buzzcocks, Our Essential Wax by uh, Closed Lobsters. Some T.B. Smith. Also some Gary Gilmore's Eyes by The Adverts, which is uh, T.B. Smith ish well not ish it is tv smith isn't it uh, some jerry cinnamon and some go-kart mozart as well amongst other things here's Tellyman.
superb Razor Cuts. That is a single from 1987 on Flying Nun Records. They're from London as well, actually. And uh, that also appears on their debut LP Storyteller from 88. I heard you the first time. And before that, London's uh, Tellyman of the brand new and third LP, Family of Aliens. Tellyman Music, that's T E L E M A N music.com on Moshi Moshi Records. Song for a Seagull. Ten songs in, third of the way through the musical content. Lots to look forward to before the end of the programme. An interview with Tim Booth coming up in about uh, 45 minutes. And also an interview with Stella Rosa uh, with uh, Fade Away and Radiate. And the biscuits concerned, because they're very important. The milk chocky digestive for Tim. And uh, the Struppwaffel for Stella. Very, very, very important stuff. Now, I told you at the beginning of the programme there's a new project by uh, Baxter Jury, Etienne de Cressy and uh, Delilah Holiday, And uh, that is indeed the truth. Their project is called B.E.D. This is the uh, teaser single for the forthcoming LP, which is out on October the 26th on Heavenly Records. This is White Coats.
That is Martin Phillips. That's brand new material off the Chills 8th and brand spanking new LP entitled Snowbound. That is time to turn the second track off the album. Go to firerecords.com or specifically firerecords.com slash the hyphen chills by this LP. Before that, it was BED, the new project uh, with Baxter Jury. God, can't have tell he's, uh, who his dad was, can you? Incredible likeness uh, in his vocal styling. It's just incredible. Also featuring Etienne de Crecy and uh, Delilah Holiday of London Punk's Skinny Girl Diet. Uh, their self-titled uh, debut is going to be out uh, on October the 26th on Heavenly Records. Uh, and Jury says about the album in a press release, Etienne has created a musical background for my confessional narrative and Delilah has encouraged it to be something more emotional. It's an unlikely mix that works because it's short, simple and honest. Up next, it's time for a hat trick, a reprieve from my monotonous voice, kicking off with a bit of shriek back. Sometimes we wobble, sometimes we're strong, but you know evil is an exact 
Two jars in his buckle 
is keys, has to break in teas in her singers' hardcore. These faces I've known growing up on the streets and the south side. From the salt and the schemes to the upscale dreams of the turn. I'm an ally awake in the nighttime. Things I remember Some happy, some sad Bring a smile to my face When I'm doing And the pride Or in sandbags And the news I've been all around the world But there's nowhere compared Jerry Cinnamon. What a tune that is. That's Diamonds in the Mud from last year's brilliant debut, Erratic Cinema, preceded by, from 77, Buzzcocks with Orgasm Addict. That's their debut, and uh, it did uh, leave a mark, didn't it? No pun intended. And before that, the arch-deviant mix of Nemesis by Shriekback, a single from 85. The original version appears on uh, their 85 LP, Oil and Gold. And that's this week's hat-trick, completely unrelated, nothing to do with each other, just three random songs played in a row. Yeah, sounds, sounds, sounds like unmitigated genius, doesn't it, really, when I, when I put it like that? Three random songs played in a row. Um, right, next up, we're going to hear two songs that feature Mr T.V. Smith. Don't 
choice I remember when I had a vote The world seemed full of hope Then they said no Smith, lead track to his 10th solo LP, Land of the Overdose, of course an ex-member of the adverts. Uh, go to tvsmith.com to get this record and his previous nine. And of course the adverts were before that with Gary Gilmore's Eyes, their second single from 77. And uh, if you don't, don't know who Gary Gilmore was, he was a, a very naughty boy actually. He was an American criminal who gained a lot of notoriety for demanding that his death sentence be implemented for the death uh, for the murders of uh, two people in in Utah, and it was a big deal in the seventies. And uh, T. B. Smith and Gay Advert wrote a song about it, and uh, you just heard it. Where are we next? We're with the Charlatans. <laughs> Thank you. 
Brand new and 15th studio LP by James, Living in Extraordinary Times. That's Hank. What a powerful lyric that is. I suggest that you, if you can't decipher Tim's vocals, which you should be able to quite readily, Google it and read the lyrics. Very, very poignant indeed. And before that, The Charlatans, their immense debut and non-LP single from 1989 on Dead Dead Good Records. Now, let's go back to James. Lucky enough to have had a chat uh, very recently with uh, Mr Tim Booth, one of my uh, one of my musical heroes. I've loved James ever since day one and uh, followed their career with uh, immense scrutiny and was delighted to receive my, my latest and 15th James studio record uh, a few days ago, Living in Extraordinary Times, the beautiful the beautiful deluxe uh, digipack with uh, a, a huge amount of care and attention uh, given to the packaging, which is in keeping with with James. They uh, they they give you the they give you the whole hog. They do. They give you the beautiful aesthetic and they give you music unlike any other band. They've been doing it for 34 years. Let's hear one more song before I get into a chat with Tim, who is uh, one of the nicest chaps in the music industry. We're going to hear an LP track entitled Mask, and then it's going to be over to me and Tim for a chat, and then I'll be back with one more song from this immaculate LP, Living in Extraordinary Times.
James and Mask, an LP track off this brand new and 15th studio LP, Living in Extraordinary Times. It's time to chat with Tim now. And as I've mentioned uh, before, very excited to have an opportunity to speak with him. One of my musical heroes and uh, one of my favourite bands of all, all time. Name me one bad James LP. See, told you. Here's me. Here's Tim. Enjoy. So, so huge congratulations on yet another studio LP. I, I, I had to do a, a, a mental count and I got it wrong, so I had to double check with Wikipedia. Number 15, you must be absolutely made up with this record. Yeah, we are. It's, it's, um, it's probably had the best reception critically we've ever had. And um, it's, it's doing really well for us. It seems to be reaching the paths that other... CDs didn't reach. Um, <laughs> yes. The, the last, the last two albums have been getting us a new younger audience, and this one seems to be stretching that further, which is, 
is really exciting when when you see your audiences kind of spread out generationally. It's really it's it's a really good feeling when you're on stage. Oh, it must be. And and I've had uh, you know many many chats with artists who've had a, a quite a long career. Uh, and they've noticed the same, but probably not to the same degree as yourself. It's been a long time since, uh, you know, since the first record, and uh, you know, the heady days of Manchester when, when, when you know, I was at my uh, my gig-going zenith. And and uh, seeing seeing a James gig nowadays, it's such a beautifully diverse audience. Uh, not not that it wasn't ever, but you, I just love to see the young faces who you know, categorically just by looking at them, weren't around for the first releases, and it's been a sort of a, a posthumous discovery for them. I think that's the the beauty of the internet, and the, you know that this generation or the last few generations can get music from any time. They don't give a damn. They just want to hear good music, and they don't really care uh, about because they they get it for free mainly. Yep. So they'll they're happy to listen to good music, and and we're benefiting from that at the moment. It's re and our like our live ticket sales are higher than we they were. When we were really famous in the nineties, that's, um, that's bizarre. Which is, it's wonderful. Which is really bizarre. It's wonderful yeah. and bizarre at the same time. And um, did do you think? Well, of course, the EP was strategically timed, and I'm sure that uh, that helped with the release itself. The EP was a really, really great teaser for the record. I mean, needless to say, um, different content, but uh, you could tell it was recorded around the same period. Although you could probably turn around now and say, no, you're categorically wrong. But uh, I believe it's recorded in the same kind of. Uh, the same kind of environment and the same kind of period. It was with yeah. the same people, with Benny and, and uh, Charlie Andrews, the oh. producer of Alt, Alt J. And uh, originally, I wanted the album to be a double album, um, but unfortunately, record companies don't support you trying to have a, a, a double album um, because they don't make more money out of it. Of course. Of so, course. kind of after we recorded the, the, the outlines of about nineteen songs. We realised we were hugely over budget, and they were going to penalise us at the other end in terms of promotion, which they they have done. Oh, um, so if you get the deluxe edition, which you've got, you've got the extra tracks. But those tracks we would have, we would have worked on in the same way, and they would have been on the album originally. Right. Yeah, there's not an awful lot of uh, double albums doing the rounds uh, uh, for for good reason, and it's purely purely financial and P and L profit based. But you, you know, obviously, you, you, you've talked about Benny and Charlie. To have to have two drummers working with you in the capacity that you've uh, now uh, got this production team that you're very comfortable with. I mean, Alt J, uh, one of my favourites too. Is it fair to say that uh, you latched onto them right at right at the beginning with the first LP in Awesome Wave? Yeah, I heard that and thought that sounded as fresh as anything I'd heard since probably OK Computer. Yeah, um, yeah. So yeah. I actually contacted Charlie at that time and said, you know, love this record before it took off. Yeah. And and I'd love to work with you at some point. And so we had some contact then, and then we nothing quite worked with our calendars. And then finally, he came to see us about a year and a half ago live. And it's when you see James live is when you really get James to some degree. And Agreed. he then came came backstage and said, "Yep, let's do it." Agreed. Um, Oh, that's wonderful! I'm so happy. It's a beautiful marriage. I, I, I didn't know that uh, prior to uh, well, until a couple of weeks before the record was released. I hadn't done my homework, but when I found out that you'd aligned with uh, with Charlie, I mean, this new rhythmical approach. Could you perhaps tell us a little bit more that, more about that? Because it can't help but have a rhythmic effect on the record. No, true. Um, that also came. We had a, a good piece of kind of synchronicity, which I, I had a 
when we do the, all the songs we write, we write through improvisation. And then any of the four writers can take any of those improvisations and start editing them into a vague idea of a song structure. And then we start working on them in earnest and hand them around to each other and other musicians from the band play on them. And we build that way. That's yeah. how we create the song. You like and I had this... Yeah. I had this young engineer, unknown, called Benny Giles, working with me just to operate the machinery of, of the editing process. So I'd say, I want to cut this bit here at 1 minute 50 with this bit here at 20 minutes 66, and let's see if it works together. And I worked with him for a week, and it, it went great. He was so helpful and really wonderful. And then after a week, I said to him, you know, you're a musician, aren't you? Yeah. You, you're a drummer, Yeah. <laughs> you do arrangements, yes. Um, okay, I'm gonna give you this song. Take it in the room, kick the shit out of it. Like <laughs> really, really fuck around with its rhythms and 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 make it not sound like a James song. And I gave him a song which we were actually gonna hide from the record company and would probably never have seen the light of day because <laughs> it was a song that sounded so James that we'd have been a bit like embarrassed and the record company would have gone this is a single <laughs> because it's because it sounded so james yeah, yeah and it was it was better than that and he he messed up the rhythms and he put in some backward guitar and hey presto the song sounded really good and the second song i i said okay that's good now i've got another one for you and i gave him the song heads brilliant and and he took it he went in the room with the like he just banged the table with his hands to make the rhythms. He dropped water bottles on the floor. He dropped his iPhone and record on the floor, <laughs> recorded it all, and made this crazy rhythmic percussive track from heads. And Amazing. we were like, it was, that was it. We were like, that, we were so, we were like giggling like children once we heard what he'd done with heads. <laughs> it must have been really then, fresh for you to hear something like that. Oh, it's it's so fresh. I think as a band that's been going 34 years, you know, you're more excited by the songs that really don't sound like you. Oh, I can um, only imagine. Are the, and Heads is probably the most extreme on the record where you go, well, that doesn't sound like anything we've ever done before. Exactly. And, um, and we, we were buzzing. And then, so we did that with nearly all the songs. And then we went to Charlie and Charlie would have, he'd change things and make it more grounded and work with them and, and we all ended up drumming on lots of these songs. I ended up drumming on one, and I'm a, I'm a terrible drummer. Um, <laughs> you know, it was like, I, mean, I brought in, I had one idea for flamenco dancers on coming home and flamenco clappers. And so we got in some flamenco dancers and clappers. And we just kept following our noses, really, on making this really percussive record. Um, the last few records have been coming towards more groove-based yes, feel. But this has gone somewhere more original really it's got grooves but they're odder and they're they're more in harmony with with the lyrical content or the the feel and they're very powerful like hank obviously sounds like like kodo drummers it does it um, absolutely does sound japanese and it, it, there's all these uh, there's an amalgam of all these sort of unprecedented aspects uh, in the world of james and, and everything just works organically and I think it's marvellous because you tried a lot of new things all at once, which doesn't really doesn't really <laughs> lend itself to a successful formula, as, you know, most often. But you pull you pulled it off. It's brilliant. 
Absolutely. Yeah. And it, I want to I want to harp back to, to something that because you, you talk about you know the, the music, but but lyrically, I, when when I first read about your your Philip K. Dick analogy, I, I nearly fell off my chair laughing because uh, just about every night I look up at the heavens, willing the mothership to come and take me away from this place. It doesn't make any sense to me. And when you started talking about Brexit and Trump and Leicester City, honestly, I couldn't help just laughing my head off about it because that's my sentiment exactly <laughs> about what's going on. It must, yeah. be, must well, be surreal. You know, must be it's, surreal. No, it's no mistake that the last song on the album is called What's It All About? Um, because, yes, we are, we're living in a real madhouse times where everything has become a hall of mirrors. And information is no longer information, it's disinformation or fake news and, and George Orwell's doublespeak. And it's, it's completely crazy. Um, and hopefully it's uncovering the poisons that were already there. Mm. And, so, and so the resistance is coming, the, the, the antidotes are coming, whether it be Black Lives Matter, the women's marches, kids from Florida, or great authors like Noah Harari, and, Absolutely. Um, well, there's an know, awakening. There's... there's an awakening, and you're very much a part of that awakening. And I think that Tim Booth and James always have been, because you've been very vocal about uh, what you believe to be uh, the truth, what you believe to be valid, what you believe to be right and wrong. But this this has hit new heights with this record. Thank you. And, and... It's, it, you know, we, we have no choice. We reflect. We all reflect the times, and if you're writing from your unconscious, which is, I write from my unconscious, you know, I try and write from what's going on, yes. and I'll stop writing, and I don't really have a plan. I never sit down to write a political song or a song about being away from my child or whatever the song turns out to be. I, I improvise the lyric, first of all, and it might suggest what the song's going to be about, and then I'll start writing, and then I go, oh, this song wants to be about this. And so I follow a thread. Um, and I think we're all connected by our unconscious anyway. You know, the brain yes. is, uh, is, works on, you know, 5% of, of the brain is devoted to our consciousness, to our conscious self, the identity Timbu. Yes. 90, 95% is connected to the unconscious processes. So I have much more faith in the 95% unconscious processes than I do in the five. Well, that's a, a lot of my. That's a wonderful analogy, by the way. Sorry, sorry. Well, do, do a, go on. a lot of my life, a lot of my life has been spent trying to get into the ninety-five. You know, <laughs> whether it's through meditation or trance states, through dancing, or you know, and I think this also tallies with science when you you know that you know we the visible universe is only five percent of the universe. The the rest is dark matter and think antimatter. Absolutely. And, um, so it's it's it, it tallies that. We want to be in touch with that stuff because the, the five percent we're seeing is not the picture. It's it really isn't. It's just the illusion. Well, I, d I don't want to, you know, Americanism. I don't want to blow smoke, Tim. But your sentiment, I hold the same sentiment. And when it comes to energy and just visiting this planet and uh, everything that you've touched upon and more, which I which I know. I mean, I've, I've learned how to meditate, and, and as I get older, things become more quantifiable and simplistic in terms of what we all need and should be striving for. I mean, I'm not trying to uh, to one up you because you, it's very well documented that everything from your writing in the semi semi conscious state to, to actually being a conduit really for for for, for, for the craft, it, it probably seems to you that you know you, you have to sort of open yourself up to be the recipient of, of what is trying to get through to you. That's the feeling. Yeah, and it, you know, we were we were meditating 
two of us in James from the age of 21 at a time when it was very uncool to be meditating absolutely and, and being in a rock band and <laughs> time has kind of caught up with us in that sense that now it's become much more acceptable and even scientifically proven to be beneficial yes um but it was quite it was you know we james have never been seen as a cool band because of that because we were doing these weird shit that that you know rock singers didn't do yes but that's that's been how we've lasted for 30 odd years because we still try and get in the moment we try and stay fresh aging is very relative experience and and you have a choice about that whether you want to you know let rigor mortis and narrow-mindedness set in or whether you want to keep expanding your your consciousness and we choose to expand and and, and you do and you do and and musically it's it's evident as, as someone who's Try to follow your career as best as you can since inception. I, I, I marvel at this record, and I read—I uh, can't remember where I read—but you did. You did mention, I think, that it was a, a, one of the easiest processes since laid to actually get final product uh, uh, in, into post-production. It was. It was a. You know, you can put the ingredients together. So we got Charlie and Benny, and you think you're going to get a great album, but that isn't always the case. It, you never know until you actually start working. We, we didn't have a crossword in the whole experience. We were very much in harmony with each other. There was just endless excitement about what we were discovering together. Wonderful. And, and we're already signed up to do the next one next summer. And, uh, you know, because so, we, we ended up getting very close to each other in this process. And that is, that's wonderful. I mean, that's, that's what happened with Brian, when we worked with Brian Eno yes. on the first record, which is why we ended up doing five records, because we, we loved him and he loved us, and we loved working with him and he loved working with us. And I, I hope this continues for a long time, because these two are, are together are a potent force that reminds me of working with Brian, basically. And of course, Brian, of course, was, was involved. Um, synth programming, and I know that he played on uh, Coming Home Part 2. Was, was Brian involved in any other capacity other than the, the, the things I just mentioned? No. Um, I, I actually, was the last record I went to him with a couple of problem songs, because I see him a lot, and I went said, oh, Brian, you know, we've got these two songs, and they're not panning out. We don't know what's wrong with them. Have you got anything you could add here? And he, you know, a week later, he, I went back to see him and he said, oh, I've got something for you. <laughs> and he gave us his little gifts and they they transformed both songs. One of them is Nothing But Love on the last record. Brilliant. And the, the other is Coming Home, part two on this record. Well he's, well, he's essentially a band member, isn't he? Let's be honest. He's just a go-to guy for you whenever you need that input. No, I, I, I don't take him for granted like that. I, I haven't been to him for years. Um, in, music, in the musical capacity, I, I see him a lot, but I, I, I'm always, you're always nervous when you have musician <laughs> friends of, of ruining the relationship through I the see. music. I and see. I'd rather, the relationship's more important to me than, than actually working with them again, quite frankly. I, just, um, I understand, I understand. But what a wonderful, what a wonderful coming of the minds, because Benny and Charlie, I, I, I keep listening to the record and, and uh, I get something new out of it every time, I, every time I listen to it from beginning to end. But uh, to have Benny, Charlie and Brian involved, and I wanted to ask you too, because I'm, I'm, a, I'm a real stickler for the aesthetic and James has always made an immense effort to uh, provide the whole package for, 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 for the fan base. And this is no different, the packaging is gorgeous. I wanted to ask you about Magnus and the artwork, because it's quite, it's quite unique. Well, first of all, I, I, do, I do just want to say Brian's only on one song, 
and you know, because I don't want to use his name to sell the record. Oh, crikey, just, yes, just on coming home, just, right? Yeah. He he just helped us on one song. Yeah, yeah. Um, by the way, is this plane interfering with your sound? Are you okay? Uh, absolutely fine. Everything is okay. Everything is wonderful. So we we had trouble getting artwork uh, for a while, and then at one point, everybody agreed on the artwork except me. Um, <laughs> we had this kind of obscure surrealist piece that didn't bear any relationship to the content, but it was pretty. I I, I visually liked it, but I was just and I just kept refusing to accept it. And kept refusing and got myself very unpopular. And then finally our manager tracked down Magnus's work and sent it to me and it was like, yeah, this is what we want. This is the guy. And then we did the hand grenade and everybody fell in love with it immediately. And um, so, yeah, it was was me being bloody-minded. I think I went (laughs) over about... Like, I went over budget on the artwork, and I, I took a month longer than, than the record company. Everyone was really coming down on my back. And I was like, I'm not having an image on this record that is really bland and kind of just mysterious for the sake of being mysterious. We need an image that ties into what the, the songs are about. And finally, we, we got our image and fought hard for it, and it's, it is beautiful. I mean, we've sold, I think, we're the fourth-selling album this month in England or in Britain. And it, I think it's because it looks so damn good on an album. Oh, I, I, I don't dispute that for a second. I mean, uh, even you know the morbidly curious that have never heard of you, I'm so I'm sure you've sold fifteen to twenty percent of the output just by the morbidly curious. Just it's that go- <laughs> it's that gorgeous of a cover. It really is. Great. I've got I've just got a couple more questions because I know that we're a little bit behind schedule. But I was just wondering because you mentioned Alt J, and I I don't know what happens in the day to day life of Tim Booth other than being really busy in multifaceted capacities. But are there any contemporaries that, that you can say, yeah, I really like listening to them? I'm just always curious to see what uh, what my my faves are listening to themselves. Um. I never know how to say his name, whether it's Sufjan or Sufjan Stevens. Oh, Sufjan um, Stevens, yeah, yeah. Consistently um, consistent, I, isn't he? I love his music. I, I saw the, the Carrie and Lowell tour three times, oh, and it would be in the top, top ten greatest gigs I've ever seen live. Um, Regina Spector yeah. has, has definitely a gig or two in the t- my top ten that I've ever seen live. Um, you know, I, I like Eminem, and I like... Um, Kendrick Lamar and um, I like John Hopkins. Um, my music tastes are quite expansive because, partly because I teach this trance dance work. Yes. Where I have to listen to hours of music outside the genres that I would normally be attracted to to find music that would seduce people into going into altered states or to trance states, into dancing, into anger or into grief or into joy. or So I have to go, I have to listen to a lot of different types of music in the last 10 years that I would probably have been much more genre-specific. You know, I, lo- I loved Patti Smith and Iggy Pop and the Punks and the Doors and the Beatles. But suddenly I'm having to listen to a lot of music outside my comfort zone and I, I've been loving it. And um, so, you know, there's a lot of great music out there in many different forms. Um, at the moment, I'm, I've listened to a woman called Jocelyn Pook, who not many people have ever heard of. No. I, I love her music. There's a singer called Mary Margaret O'Hara. Oh, crikey. Is, oh, say no more. Miss America, a right. genius, isn't it? I mean. Yes, but there's also uh, a friend of hers managed to get, almost steal some 
songs for his film oh. from her a few years what, ago. What, the apart- apartment hunting? Yeah, you've got it. Good, yeah. good for you. I'm so glad you tracked that down. Not yeah. many people have ever heard of that. <laughs> I, think the, I think the songs on, the, the five songs on that are as good as anything on Miss America and and maybe even more. I think they're remarkable, the songs on that. Yeah. Um, she, she's a reluctant songwriter, performer who won't release her music and is too... I think vulnerable to perform live. I've seen her perform live, and I've oh. seen her run off stage oh, dear. after one after, after one song. Um, she's a she's she's a very unique artist, and her sister uh, Catherine is. I'm not sure if you know about her sister, but uh, she's a com- a comedic a comedic actress, and uh, she's very famous in in Canada and with the SCTV John Candy type. Uh, uh, scene that was around the 70s and 80s, part of the Mike Myers type uh, revolution from Canada, and she's a. We've got a very talented family, of which Margaret, I think, is, is the most talented. But Catherine is a, a very, very funny comedic actress in her own right. Well, apparently, Mary Margaret has hundreds of unreleased songs sitting at home. That's scary. Which, it yeah, really is. It, it's like, oh my god, I want, I want someone to burgle her house, basically. Well, hopefully, they're not owned by Virgin Records, and it'll eventually see light of day. Because, you know, really, for someone of her talent that only has really an album and a half's worth of content, it's, it's such a travesty. I, I, I would be blown away to hear anything from her archives because. It would blow anything away contemporary-wise, I think. Her songwriting is that powerful. I'm, I'm so glad you brought that up. I had no idea that that, that, was, uh, that was on your radar either. Um, uh, Morrissey got me into her in 83 or 80... No, 85, I think, uh, when he got her to kind of scat over one of his B-sides. Yeah, yeah. She, well, she's, yeah, and she was also doing... She did uh, November Spawned a Monster as well, didn't she? She was doing all that gurgling and gargling on that on the single as well. So... Yeah. yeah, so Mozza got you into, into, into Mary. Well, that's, that's wonderful news. My friend was working at Virgin at the time and just had nothing but good things to say. And, and uh, all of a sudden, just we didn't hear from her for a long time. And we all know why. But uh, such a shame, isn't it? I, I, was, yeah. I was also going to ask you, um, you've, you've, you've done your fair share of acting and we're all very well aware of, of the solo efforts. James seems to be going so swimmingly well, which I'm so happy about. But I'm just wondering, because you're very much an individual, have you got anything... Uh, that's Tim Booth centric. That that's, uh, that we should be aware of, or is it very, very much a James year, the forthcoming year? It, it's as you say, it's going swimmingly well. Um, so I kind of, I was writing a novel. I've written Marvelous. hundreds of pages, but I haven't touched it for about a year now. So God knows if I'm going to complete that. A novel, um, and a novel. Is, um, it, is it fiction, uh, Tim? Yeah. Wonderful. Um, and I, I, yeah, I don't know if it'll ever, I'll ever finish it now. I've kind of lost. I don't know. I don't know. James is so intense and busy and wonderful and fulfilling. Yes. Um, and, I, and, and when I come home, I'm teaching this dance work. My wife goes away a lot. I'm a, I end up being a solo parent when she goes away. Um, so I'm, I'm very busy, really. Um, every day is booked with pretty in, exciting, creative things. Lovely. Um, so I, I, I don't know. We'll see. I think writing in the long run, I'll come back to it. I do I hope so. When, I do hope so. I don't want them to be in the same storage unit as Mary Margaret O'Hara as a demo oh. test. That would be that would oh. be another travesty, Tim. It really would. Um, I, I just want to ask you one last thing because I know, as I say, you've been so benevolent with your time, and, and I'm so grateful for it because the audience absolutely adore adore you, as do I. I, I just wanted to ask you something that you're going to think, okay, he's gone and spoiled it all now by asking this question. But uh, it's something I've asked everybody since the beginning of time, and, and the reason I ask is because I've been compiling this. Uh, 
very intricate infographic over the course of time. Hypothetically, James are in, uh, are in Ottawa, of all places, which is where I live, uh, and you've done a successful gig and you've got a nice warm beverage in your hand, and I come out to the pantry with the magic biscuit tin, and I say, Tim, any biscuit on God's green earth, past, present or future, what would you plump for? It's a brain teaser, isn't it? Um, probably chocolate digestives. Um, you have to go with your gut, no, no pun intended. You have to go with yeah, your first thing. Literally. Chocolate digestives, I think. Milk chocolate digestives, yeah. too. Glad that you qualified uh, that, because just plain's uh, a whole different ballgame. And as a child, because the fact is I don't eat I don't eat sugar now anymore, so right. um, I haven't eaten a biscuit in like 15 years, I should think. My but word. As, a, as a child, that would have that's the memory that comes back. Maybe bourbons. Yeah. When you, when you, with bourbons, when you just, you bite the top off because it's the least interesting bit and then you, you suck the, the, the kind of liquid, the kind of more gooey. Yes. It's the Oreo uh, philosophy, isn't it? The gooey bit. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I, I lost, I lost my words. I got so enraptured by the memory of bourbons. Yeah. You're but probably... now I, I find them so sweet. They'd probably kill me. So I, I, I don't, it's a memory rather than reality. Yeah, well, just like muscle memory, we have taste memory. But 15 years of abstinence, I, would, I don't recommend having a bourbon too, too soon. Um, but, no. um, but in the meantime, I am so it's great. Like, it's, it's, it's like that saying, never meet your heroes. <laughs> never return to your biscuits. Yeah, never return to, to your biscuits. Exactly. Well, or, well, you do run the risk if you, you do now. Some of the ones that you could have conceivably loved aren't, aren't in production anymore. Because I'm, I'm forever trying to unearth discontinued biscuits from the most obscure people who who have this penchant or penchant for, for biscuits that aren't made anymore. But I digress immensely. Um, I, I've had a, an immense time, and, and thank you so much for, for, for your candour and for, for all of the chit-chat, and uh, I'll be in touch with the label when we're ready to go in a couple of days. In the meantime, lap up California, and I just hope that the James train keeps on running, because it's an absolute joy to be, uh, to be a fan. In, in, it really is, and, and kudos to you for doing what you've done for so long. Thank you very much, Will. We're, we're, you know, we've made 250 songs more, and and one of our things has always been longevity is the test of a great band. If and so we're we're enjoying that longevity, and enjoying that, keep maintaining our quality. And it's abundantly, it's abundantly clear, it's tangible to us, uh, the, the fan, because it's just so obvious that you are enjoying yourselves as as a, as a collective and as individuals, and it's lovely to see. And, and I think that. Uh, uh, ride this wave, Tim. Just ride this wave. All, right. <laughs> All the best, and thank you so much. Take care. All the best. Cheers. Bye-bye. The fruits of a wonderful chat I had with uh, Mr. Tim Booth from his home in Los Angeles, California. Thank you, sir. Very, very enlightening and a real pleasure to talk to you. And I hope you lot enjoyed it as well. You need to get this record. Wearejames.com is where you can procure anything and everything that's pertinent to this wonderful, wonderful band that have been a part of many people's lives for the best part of uh, three and a half decades. Wonderful to be talking to him. Let's play one more song off this record, uh, as if you need another one to entice you to go and buy it. Here's Coming Home, part two.
just for a while How'd you get so tall? You were born to soar Love you when I'm gone Love to endure I'll be coming home I'll be coming home I wanna
brand new material by All Day Dogs Breakfast. That's from the forthcoming uh, self-titled uh, debut by Michael Harding's latest project. And that's a song called White Rolls Royce. All Day Dogs at, uh, sorry, alldaydogs.bandcamp.com is where you can get more information about that. And before that, coming home, part two, James. Living in Extraordinary Times is the new LP. You need to own this record. We are James. Dot com, And uh, my thanks again to Mr. Tim Booth for uh, taking the time to chat with me, to share with you. Next up, and now it's time for our weekly peel. Here's the Smiths. Take me out tonight Where there's music and there's people and the young and the People and I want to see life Driving in your car Oh, please don't drop me home Because it's not my home It's their home and I'm welcome no more And if a double-decker boss Crashes into A strange fear gripped me and I just couldn't ask Take me out tonight Oh, take me anywhere I'm cared, I'm cared, I'm cared Driving in your car I never, never want to go home Because I haven't got
Now, isn't that delightful? From the 18th of May, 1983, that's this week's weekly peel. The Smiths, there is a light that never goes out, in case you didn't know. Now, we're uh, fast approaching the end of the programme. Uh, a few songs to get to. We've still got our essential wax to get to. And we've got an interview with uh, Stella Rosa at the end of the programme to talk about uh, a project that she has that's very, very new, amongst other things, very, very active in the Jingle Jangle world. And a pleasure to talk with her again, a member of uh, the band Na, who've been on the programme. Uh, some months ago as well. Now it's time for a little bit of this. It's Tinto Up Time, kids. And this week, uh, I'm going to give you a little uh, little look-see at a website that I came across a few days ago entitled the following, Indie Shuffle. Com. So let's go there. Now, the premise of Indie Shuffle is, unlike the Pandoras and other sort of pseudo-radio stations that you can uh, programme and listen to, this doesn't uh, work via the, uh, the wonderful world of mathematical uh, computation and uh, algorithms and AI. It's really curated by people. They say at Indie Shuffle, we believe humans are better than robots when it comes to music discovery. I agree, but uh, that's just me. Think about it. How many of your favourite bands were recommended to you by a friend? That's why I've assembled a team of international writers to bring you the best, including indie, rock, hip-hop, electronic, and everything in between. It's a music discovery powered by real people. Consider us your new best friends. So I reckon you should. I think you should give them a, give them a, a punt. IndieShuffle.com. I signed up today, and I'm going to see if I can get involved with this. I think it's a very good idea. So uh, that is this week's Tinto Web Time. And uh, coming up next, I've got this cute for you. Perhaps I am bound to be restless Always yearning, never satisfied Perhaps I am aching for nothing That words can ever define Was I happy? In those moments Where have I made it Seen that way Was I back There tomorrow Could feel as lacking As today
Enclosed Lobsters, a single from 1989 on Fire Records. And that's uh, one of two tracks we're going to be hearing off uh, our Essential Wax this week, which is Closed Lobsters' Headache Rhetoric from 89. But before that, we heard First Aid Kit, Sweden's First Aid Kit, with the title track to their new EP, Tender Offerings. First Aid Kit, band.com to learn more about them. Now let's go back to Closed Lobsters. Great, great band. Paisley's Finest Sons from Scotland, their third and final LP on Fire Records. What a shame it was to lose them. However, they've uh, got back together uh, as of uh, 2012 and released three releases. One was uh, a single entitled Steel Love, Head Above Water, which I've played on the programme. That was released on Fire Station Records in uh, 2012, as I said. And uh, Kunstwerken's Space Time EP from 2014 is rather, rather good on Shelf Life Records, as is 2016's Desire and Signs EP on the same label, Shelf Life Records. Now, let's hear one more song of this tremendous, tremendous LP. Let's hear a tune called Lovely Little Swan.
a supergroup of sorts. That is taken over by Shadow Party off their debut self-titled LP from earlier this year. Uh, the band boasts members uh, of New Order, Devo, Marion, Bad Lieutenant, and also uh, features Nick McCabe, the genius guitarist from Verve, and uh, Denise Johnson, beautiful, beautiful voice. She has most uh, prominent uh, for being in Primal Scream and also features a LA-based DJ, Whitney Fierce, arranger Joe Duddle, and it all comes together quite nicely as Shadow Party. And you can go uh, to Mute Records at mute.com slash artists slash Shadow Party to learn more and procure their wares. And before that, Lovely Little Swan by Closed Lobsters. What a jingle jangle stroke of genius. A, a beautiful song, a, a quite wonderful band and I'm so glad that there's new material forthcoming and I know this because I was talking to Andrew uh, Burnett. Uh, the band are Andrew Burnett, Tom Donnelly, Bob Burnett, Stuart McFadden and uh, Graham Wilmington. Talking to Andrew just before he went on his uh, Holly Bobs uh, a few weeks ago and uh, we're supposed to reconnect. I'm still trying to get him on the programme. Any road, Jingle Jangle Genius, Close Lobsters, Headache Rhetoric, 1989 on Fire Records is this week's Essential Wax. Up next, a bit of Lawrence. I'm living in
Lovely stuff from Leicester. That's Dayflower with a single from last year, as recommended by Stella, who I'm going to be talking to in a few moments. But before I do, I'll let you know that before we heard uh, Leicester's Dayflower with a track called Seeing Up, we heard Relative Poverty by Go-Kart Mozart, a.k.a. Lawrence. And uh, that's available on Cherry Red Records. Visit them at cherryred.co.uk. Lawrence, of course, of felt and denim, and uh, one of the best brummies to ever grace our planet methinks and um, let's get back let's get back to this uh, forthcoming interview I'm going to be chatting uh, in a few moments with uh, Stella Rosa who has a quite superb blog entitled fadeawayradiate.com no doubt uh, named after the Blondie song Um, she also has a uh, a label fadeawayradiate.bandcamp.com where you can get the release I'm just going to get into in a few moments and also a Facebook page facebook.com slash records. now the song that I played as I mentioned was recommended to me by Stella herself and uh, by a band from Leicester called Dayflower that was in a chit chat I, I had with her and you'll hear the fruits of the, the chit chat uh, forthcoming in, in, uh, in a few moments after the next song but the crux of the conversation that I wanted to have with her was to talk about this new project that she's uh, just released. Now, if you go to uh, fadeawayradiate.bandcamp.com, you will see five releases. Starting with uh, From Bottom to Top, you will see, I remember that, 12 Sophistipop tunes uh, quoted out of context. A quite brilliant compilation of 12 songs of uh, bands covering other bands. Uh, the likes of uh, Prefab Sprout, uh, ABC, and... Uh, Oh, we've got that scritty Politi and uh, China Crisis all being covered by the likes of the Loch Ness Mouse, uh, Hollywood Juniper, Edling, etc., etc. And it's one of those buy digital albums, name your price type jobbies. So uh, if you're a thrifty bugger, you pay nothing, or if you feel like you know contributing, then do so. Also on this page is uh, Stella's uh, other project amongst what other she has several and uh, specifically i'm talking about the band na and the two na eps are on this particular site as well the fadeawayradio.bandcamp.com as is the release that i wanted to talk about specifically it's brand spanking it's called reverse play c86 rediscovered and it's a 15 tracker of bands doing wonderful renditions of C86 music. As an example, you've got Pierre Fraus taking on the Pastels. You have got Destroy the Heart, as done by Distant Creatures, which is a House of Love song, which we'll also hear. But there's a Wedding Present covers, Softies covers, Primal Scream covers, Primitives, etc., etc. Field Mice, McCarthy. It's a beautiful compilation, all 15 tracks. And another one of these Name Your Price digital album jobbies. So, uh, be generous and do th- throw a few dollars uh, the way of uh, of the label. Uh, it's a beautiful labour of love, and I encourage you also to subscribe to fadeawayradiate.com, which is uh, Stella's blog. One more song, uh, and this one specifically off the compilation that I've just uh, just gone into in relative detail. We're going to hear a song uh, right now. Specifically, uh, we're going to hear Nothing to be Done, Pierre Fraus, taking on the pastels. <laughs>
Estonia's Pia Fraus having a crack at the pastels, a cover version of uh, Nothing To Be Done. And uh, that actually is the lead track to 1989 Sitting Pretty by the Pastels. And uh, that is one of two cover versions that we're going to hear. But right now we're going to go over uh, to Pseudo Me and uh, we're going to speak with Stella about Reverse Play, C86 Rediscovered, this uh, stunning, wonderful uh, compilation of 15 cover versions from the C86 era. Another one of her wonderful projects. Over to Stella and me and I'll be back uh, in about 20, 25 minutes. Hello. How are you? I'm okay, thank you. Just a bit rushed, but uh, we got there in time. <laughs> well, it's, I think I think that's the story of your life. I don't think you're sitting still for long, are you? Um, sometimes we do. Well, it's not. It's, it's not that bad, actually. It's not very uh, evident. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of. Sorry, it's a lot of multitasking. Yeah, well, you're a mum and you're checking out records and you've got an, you've got all kinds of stuff going on. So, so first of all, I was going to ask you. Even though I've, we've spoken before, what do you prefer to be called? Do you prefer to be called Estella or Stella? What do you prefer? Um, I think Stella is the usual thing for people. I think. Um, well, I'm, unu- I'm unusual, so you never know. But I, I will call you Stella. Have yeah, but it sounds it sounds a bit forced if you say Estella, or you know. I don't know. Stella is easier for well, it certainly is. It certainly is for for people who have difficulty speaking, like myself. But um, let, let's talk. Let's talk about. Let's talk about the issue at hand because we can we can talk about fade away radiate records in general first of all, and 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 really just you know just briefly you know how did how did it come about? And, and uh, I'm sure it was a nice organic uh, uh, genesis. But could you tell us how the, how the label came about and what the sentiment was about behind it? Because you are notorious for for being one of those selfless music sharers. And, and uh, I've got a lot of respect for what you do, but I wanted to, to share with the audience how the, how the label came about. Right. Well, I just... Um, I think I, I sort of rolled into it because I got divorced and then uh, sort of got back into music quite a bit and um, um, got connected to old friends again and especially... Uh, a scene that I was involved in in the 90s, which was the shoegate scene. And um, I remember just being on Facebook and being part of this, this bigger shoegate group where everybody was just um, having rants and, and arguments all the time. And um, that sort of annoyed everybody and it annoyed me. And I just, out of the blue, started my own group there, just um, press the button, and um, that became a pretty big group, that's like 5,000 members, and um, from then on, I started rolling into like writing for magazines, <clears throat> and uh, well, uh, uh, sort of at, at some point thinking, uh, I can do a much better website than that, because I also have a web designer background, so... Uh, mm-hmm. Um, I just took things in, into my own hands and started the blog and uh, started a couple of other groups and uh, things went on from there. The records, the label thing has been there for a year, I think. And I, other than the compilation, the first compilation, I wasn't really active with that, but I suddenly started thinking, you know, I might as well do something with it because I'm paying bank account 20 euros every month. So. <laughs> 
yeah, exactly. Well, let's let's go back. Let's go back to the to the. I remember that twelve Sophistipop tunes, which which was the sort of, yeah. which was the, the uh, the virginal release on on the label, and um, it's it's a beautiful it's a beautiful compilation. And <clears throat> excuse me, coughing here, but it's twelve tracks that I know, because I, I I'm not saying that we're best friends, but I know you well enough to know that you care. I know that you put a lot of time and effort into not just the recordings, but the songs themselves and uh, and uh, the sequence of the tracks. Beautiful compilation. So for, obviously for Everyone listening, all, all these uh, URLs and notes are going to be uh, in, in the show notes. But of course, you go to bandcamp.com and you look, you look up Fadeaway Radiate as a label. And if you scroll down to, to older releases, you'll see that this first one uh, is Sophisticated Lovers Around the World. And it's a beautiful sentiment. And I, I know that you, uh, you, give the, you give the nod to Ole for, for a lot of the work that went on here. But what was your and also there's there's DKFM who who are a massive support as well. Yeah, I think the idea the idea was like from from Ola to just do some proper compilation as a joke. <laughs> as a joke. <laughs> <laughs> it just came up as a joke, and um, I actually um, got that to work because at around the time it quite active with a small circle of friends uh, amongst which uh, quite a lot of musicians in so uh, everybody went yay and um, so we, we ended up doing that and um, it got a lot um, more feedback than we initially expected it to, to get so um, yeah that was somehow hazard to the decision to do that but it's kind of fun, and uh, right now we've decided to do one every year because there are quite a lot of um, bandcamp sites or initiatives that do tributes and cover compilations. But um, most of them take like three months out to to complete it. And um, I think you, if you want to do a good thing. Um, and deliver a bit of quality, you need at least a year to get everybody together. And, uh, oh, nice to say, yeah. And, yeah. Yeah, because all the bands are obviously also quite busy. They have their own busy schedules and albums, cinemaking and all kinds of things. So, uh, yeah, I think a year is, is very realistic. I think so too. I mean, it's, it's a big undertaking. I mean, Stella, when, when you first approached this, is, is, it, is, it, is it upon yourself to approach the bands? Uh, yes. uh, okay, so you Definitely. approach the bands, and then and then do you do you basically give? Well, that, that that sort of changed because when 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 we had the official group, I just announced it, and everybody just like basically put themselves forward. But, yeah. Um, with the C eighty six compilation, I I did it quite differently because I didn't have a specific platform for that, and. Um, I wanted it to reach a bit more people than like the 400 that are in statistical groups. So, yes, of course. Um, I um, decided to approach new bands uh, myself that I already uh, knew the people that, um, that are like the, the main people in the band. So what happens? Yeah. What, what happens with the actual choice of song? Is it you give them some basic criteria? They choose a song, and you yeah. go, "Yeah, that's good. I'll, I'll go with that." Do, do, is there a modicum of screening? Yeah. So, for instance, you know, 
Oh Patty, Scritty Politty by the Fisherman and, and His Soul on, on the first record. You threw it. You yeah. threw you threw it to them, and they said, "This oh yeah, this is this is the song we'd like to do." Yeah, with the Sophisti Pop one, I did propose tracks, fixed tracks. Okay. And most most of the bands stuck to that, um, but with this one, I was basically just letting it go, just saying, you know, what, whatever you come up with that is close to this particular genre. Fine Good. Well, it's, it's, it sounds like it's a healthy mix of uh, guidance and common sense, really. Yeah. So the, so well, they usually come up with their own track. And the, the, the next compilation as well, we're like, you know, we have almost completed the list for that. So are, you, are you at liberty to share that, or is that a really well-kept secret right now, Stella? No, 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 no not at all. It's, it, it's going to be... Oh, nice. Um, but this time it's not going to be a cover compilation, so it's up to the bands to come up with an original song or a cover. Wonderful, wonderful. So it's a little bit, the criteria is a little bit more lax, so you're going to get a little bit more breadth of, uh, of coverage. So a mix of originals and covers then? It's, yes, because the cover thing um, has appeared to be uh, quite complicated because there are a lot of copyright things involved. Of course. No, I, I, from experience, I know that's a massive, massive undertaking. There's so much legalese yeah. to take care of. Even though, the, even though the the sentiment is is, is not to, to make money, there's still legalese to no, take exactly. care of. Yeah, yeah, and it's, it's a beautiful. I must admit that uh, uh, everyone listening, the reverse play C86 rediscovered. It's 15 tracks of, of, of beautifully chosen uh, chosen songs, songs that that. I say, the, you know, to, to the to the popster, a lot of them will be will be quite uh, recognisable by their title. But some of the interpretations, especially, you know, like distant creatures doing some House of Love, I found that one particularly interesting. Uh, well, they're all interesting, of course. But the, the takes are wonderful. Uh, it's always lovely to to put something like by the pastels in the hands of Pia Frouse and see what they come up with. Yeah, sure. I mean, for you, I'm not saying that you're jaded. You're just immersed in it. But for us, the recipients, it's 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 a beautiful compilation and. and this, of course, is not to take away from the uh, the other the other titles on the album. One of which, of course, uh, "Summer's Failing" by uh, by that wonderful outfit called Math that I'm sure that you're familiar with. <laughs> what do you mean on, on my label? Yeah, I'm just saying. You know, this, yeah. it, it, it's not just comps. It's not just comps. I mean, you, yeah. you you've been on the show, of course, in the capacity as Na, of Nat and uh, talking about uh, talking about your works there. And of course, there's yeah. the there's the uh, there's a wonderful remix EP, but there's this kind of one anomaly here. There's the there's the Daisy Age release. Uh, by by yes, by. Exactly. I yeah, that's another thing. That's like because I've known the guys from Dayflower for like years already, and uh, um, that's an interesting story actually because we used to have a friend that was also involved in my shoegaze group as a as an admin or curator or whatever. Yeah. Um, and he um, unfortunately died a year ago. Oh, he dear. was a mutual friend uh, of ours, and he actually introduced me to Dayflower. He said, "Well, these are pals of mine. They're great. You want to do something for them?" So um, 
I promoted a couple of songs uh, already uh, for them, and I think they're very talented. And um, so we're actually discussing making a couple of new versions because I think it's about time that this band um, comes up with an album that actually sees their life so everybody can see how strong their compositions really are. And, um, so we're, we're actually preparing that. Oh, you are. I'm afraid. You're being a bit of a, a <laughs> task, a task mistress to, to get them get them to get everything done by a deadline. No, it's it's not that because <laughs> most of the song, songs were already recorded, and okay. uh, but there was one that um, they still hadn't finished recording in a couple of years, and I basically insisted on on including that song. So they're uh, in the process of, of getting that done. Right now. <laughs> Perfect. And are, are they? Are the only song I have of theirs is is Daisy Age. Am I missing something? Oh yeah, definitely. Well, you've yeah, got to help me out here. Yeah. Maybe send me something. Oh SoundCloud. Okay, because it's, it's the only thing I can find by them on Bandcamp. But SoundCloud would be their other repository, would it? No, they have their own Bandcamp account as well. Like there's one song on Fade uh, radiate, and okay. there's uh, plenty of them on, on their own. Well, I sound grossly unprepared. I just can't find it, but uh, I'll do some. I'll do some. Uh, do some mucking around. I'll send you a link. Because <laughs> oh, that's what they're from Leicester, correct? Yes. Correct. All right. Well, that's not not too far away from where I went to school, so uh, we might have something to talk about other than music. Yeah, I found it now. Thank you very much. I'm going to have to do some research here because I'm grossly unprepared. But don't, yeah, the only the only tracks I mentioned I had is is, is the one. Uh, is is the one off your uh, your page, which is which I love that track. But now I'm going to have to I'm going to have to spend some money now. Thanks for nothing, Stella. Spend some more money on music, which is the name of the game, well, really. Well, they're, they're, they're worth it. Yeah, yeah, of course, <laughs> of course. Probably can download everything for free. So, what else is happening in your wonderful world? Because you are uh, spinning a lot of plates, and, and of course, the, the, the main premise of this uh, this conversation was was to talk about was to talk about reverse play. And uh, you know, we've done a little yeah. bit of justice to it, although you know, we've kind of skimmed over it. But it is 15, 15 tracks of cover versions, uh, with with you know, obviously the C eighty six aesthetic, which which I, I love the I love the very fact that uh, there are smaller boutique institutions like yourself alluding to this wonderful era. In addition to, of course, the obvious like uh, like the, the regular media and especially Cherry Red Records, who are trawling trawling back catalogue and making lots of stuff available to us that's very, very hard to find ordinarily. So there seems to be a real sentiment of paying tribute to this wonderful music from the past that, that you and I lived through, but you and I, how I analogise it is, there was so much music out there that we could only buy and listen to a certain amount. So I, I'm even going back to catch up to stuff that, that, you know, that I'd love to have bought in my 20s that, of course... You just you just didn't have the budget <laughs> as a as a snot nosed twenty year old to buy everything and, and it's it's wonderful that for instance that this the entire Sarah catalogue is being made available through Bandcamp so people can rediscover entire catalogues that they they'd probably heard about but ordinarily would have a devil of a time listening to because they'd have to buy them individually from Discogs and and uh, go, go broke in the process. So exactly. so so are there, are there any bands that uh, you you could recommend because you are. Um, you are very immersed in, in, in your in your well two or three scenes. They all overlap. There's a lot of intersecting sets. You, you've got your finger on the pulse. Is there anything that you can recommend to us that we should be listening to? Um, 
upcoming Amber Arcade album. Well, say no more. It's wonderful. Yeah. They're, they're Dutch and um, well, they've worked through quite um, uh, internationally. It's quite a big name in the indie scene right now. Yeah, they're on, he on, uh, on Heavenly Records, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, I mean, Heavenly right now, I mean, they've obviously metamorphosized since the heady days of uh, Saint-Étienne and, and, and the wispy pop that they're chucking out right now. Literally, if you buy if you buy anything on Heavenly, I think it's a pretty good rule of thumb that you can't go wrong. No, that's true. But, uh, yeah, Amber Arcade uh, is a very good example of that. I think um, they're one of those dream pop acts that is not formulaic. Exactly. I know exactly. I marvel at your English. It's better than 99.9% of the English-speaking population. Um, and that's, I was just having this conversation with a friend of mine. It's like when you watch the football on TV and there's someone from like the north of England doing a post-match interview. And then they interview the Scandinavian and they, they speak meticulous English. It's just consistently embarrassing that, that people with English as a second language can, can master it better than those that live in the country. Anyway, that's a completely lateral move, but you're very eloquent considering it's your second language. And, and well, I do have a master's in English. Well, I know, oh, but right. it's still a second language. <laughs> it's still a second language. I mean, I, I speak French really badly, and for me to get up to master's, it's such a massive, yeah. massive, massive leap to have all the, all the cultural uh, nuances. I mean, it's... Anyway, I digress immensely, but I always yeah. marvel at people who, who speak impeccable English as a second language because I can barely master it myself I only speak one language very badly but anyway I digress so we've talked about Amber Arcade and a big big fan big fan of Amber Arcade played them on the show anything else yeah I think um, I'm expecting quite a lot of the second um, Marines EP yeah um, but um, I have to say that the second single that came out of that I thought the first one was phenomenal. Well, let's hope it's the, the third. They alternate between reasonable and fantastic, so maybe the next one will be in yeah. keeping with the first release. Are you following? Uh, I mean, having the it's having. A lovely, it's a lovely band, isn't it? Yes, yes, and, and and I expect I expect big things from them. To be truthful, let's let's, let's hope that that's the case. What about yourself? Are you are you actually? Are you going to be recording yourself because you're doing a lot of curation, you're doing a lot of a lot of reviewing? Are you actually going to be in the studio yourself anytime soon? Well, probably not in the studio, <laughs> but um, yeah, if we're we're going to work on. Uh, we're actually already sort of like semi working on two songs yeah. uh, with Nan. Um, well, I, well, I use the word studio to, to. I use the word studio to sort of you know impress upon people that you've got this wonderful exclusive Abbey Road studio around the corner I, I realise you know it's yeah. living rooms bedrooms and hard drives I get I get that <laughs> just wanted it to sound a little yeah, bit more grandiose exactly. than, a, than a Mac a MacBook Pro but still yeah precisely <laughs> but you've got a couple of, you've got a couple that you work that's good because because that we've, we've played everything by Nat yeah. to date and, and, and we love your work in, in, in that regard and we're just I'm just happy to talk to you because you, you work very very hard for You've got a lot of acclaim within, within obviously, the close circles, but you need more acclaim from peripheral circles because you're doing some wonderful work, and hopefully we can, I can just contribute a tiny bit towards that to, to, to broadening the, the branding footprint of what you do because I'm just blown away by how busy you are and juggling your life and, and getting a lot of things done 
in the, in the realms of music. So my hat goes off to you, and it's lovely to talk to you again. You know, I think last I think last time I asked you about um, <laughs> about your favourite biscuit because I ask everybody that hypothetically, oh, right. and yeah. you know, just because you've been on the show twice doesn't mean to say I'm not going to ask you that question again. Um, so it's it's the hypothetical magic biscuit tin, which which the Catherines have now written a theme tune for. Did you hear that? <laughs> yeah, of course I did. I was flipping. I mean, I did, I, I received that, and and I I, I don't think I've been. As happy as that in recent memory, because he, he sent me one almost immediately after talking with him, and he said, "I've just 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 thrown this down," and and, and then he sent me a demo version, and then a couple of weeks later, it was in Bandcamp as a single. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. He redefines. He redefines. That, that, that's the rate at which Heiko works. That he works really fast. <laughs> he puts everyone else to shame in terms of output. I mean, he just he, he believes. I mean, you, as as you well know, I mean, song a day keeps the doctor away, kind of thing, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Fantastic. So, okay. And, hi, and I, I hope we're going to collaborate with him because we're, we still sort of have the plan to do a split with him. But now we came up with actually doing a song together for the next compilation. So all four of them. Marvellous. I would like love to see the... Sebastian, Heiko, his girlfriend and me. Brilliant. What a four piece. Ken, Kenji as well. Because um, I invited him to, to join for vocals. Hopefully he's going to do that. Kenji, Kenji's name comes up so many times. I mean, I've interviewed countless artists over, you know, over the past, yeah. and, and it's amazing how the connection you know, goes to Germany, and then invariably his name comes up, and as much as Tapet Records comes up all the time, it's, it's Kenji as well. He's all over the place. It's wonderful. It's a beautiful little uh, boutique economy that we need to expand, I think. I'm sure it will, bit by bit by bit. So, okay, you're not going to escape the question. Second time around. <laughs> the cookie. Yeah. Um, or the biscuit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know it's a biscuit. I mean, Americans, cookies, biscuits, because yeah. uh, of your proximity to my homeland. So what would be what would be the biscuit if you were around here with, with the, the touring band and, and you've got a cup of uh, anything lovely and hot in your hand? What would you choose? Shall I just pick? Dutch one. You can pick anything you want. That's the whole point. I mean, I love, I love when someone picks something I've never heard of, and then I have to Google it and, and, and uh, make makes it difficult for me for my infographic. I'd rather that than say another custard cream. You know. Well, because I'm a tour guide, I usually have to tell them about this, this particular biscuit or cookie. Um, but it's called the in uh, Oh come on! You're gonna have to you're gonna have to Facebook message me that, okay? Uh, well, it's S C R O O P W A F E L. Well, I'm I'm, glad, I'm very grateful for you having spelled it because I would have been uh, <laughs> I would have been in trouble. I would have been in immense trouble. So, what, in a nutshell, what is it? Is it, is it chocolate? Is it vanilla? What is it? No, it's a, it's a waffle type of thing. It's it's um it's round and it's two layers of. Uh, um, Cookie or dough or whatever, and it's filled with some kind of syrup. Fantastic. And then it's like put in an iron that sort of like presses it down. Oh, okay. So it's, it's almost toasted then. Yeah, it is. And it's fantastic when it's like fresh from, from that. Um, whatever you call they call it. them, I think they call them waffle irons, don't
Great. Well, I can categorically tell you that you're the only takeover of that particular genre, so you've, you've, you've created some work for me, but that's okay. That's the premise of the Magic Biscuit Tin, to have a bit of fun. So, um, Well, thank you so much, Stella, and, and it's, been, it's been a real pleasure. Always is a pleasure. And please, uh, as you always do, keep me in touch with anything that's going on, and I'll gladly do my best on, uh, on, on the programme and share everything and anything that comes down the pipe from you, because it's always, it's always top, top, top draw. So... In the meantime, look after yourself, and uh, I'll be in touch this week with all the details. Okay, thank you very much, Sarah. My pleasure as always. Take care, Stella. All the best. Okay, bye. Bye. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Stella Rosa. You know an awful lot now about uh, Fadeaway Radiate Records, her project, her blog, and the wonderful world that she lives in. She's immersed fully in the world of music, and it's always a pleasure to talk with her. One more song uh, that is featured on uh, the Reverse Play C86 Rediscovered Record. This is Distant Creatures, having a go of a song that really is uh, head and shoulders above a lot of uh, the songs in that era, Destroy the Heart by House of Love. Destroy the heart, she said It'll make you want to smash your head Destroy the heart, she said But I need it more than I need it Destroy the heart, she said You will suffer and be scared Words where I can never
And that's the second and last track off Reverse Play, C86 Rediscovered. Fadeawayradiate.bandcamp.com. Get your little backsides there and download this record. My thanks go to Stella for her time, for her enthusiasm and everything that she does, in as much as my huge thanks also go to uh, Mr. Tim Booth and uh, James in general, just for being James. And so ends episode 98 of Near Perfect Pitch. I hope you enjoyed it. And I'm asking you very, very nicely in a, in a semi-groveling capacity please recommend the programme to someone who has similar musical taste as yourselves, i.e. consummate. Back next week with episode, yes, 99. All the best. ta up.